This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our December 14th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And I come to you today with a, a little different vibe, uh, more so- sorrow in my heart, shall I say. Uh, you know, this is a day uh, for me. It's been, I knew it was coming. But it was, uh, it's, it's never, never easy. Um, I'm sorry to tell all of you, and some of you are new listeners, some uh, have been listening for decades. Uh, and really, Invest Talk has been around for decades. And uh, the, the founder of Invest Talk is actually my grandfather, uh, Gerald Klein. Um, he, t- he is still with us, uh, but probably not much longer. Uh, it's been a tough weekend for myself and my family, but um, you know I want to dedicate this show to to our founder, uh, not only of my company KPP Financial, but uh, of of Invest Talk. Uh, he he was a unique personality. Uh, he was very charismatic. Uh, he was really the star of uh, of Invest Talk. Still is, in my mind. And Invest Talk came of age uh, here, actually in Orange County, California. There was a radio station called Money Radio. This is in the heyday of the, uh, you know, the first tech boom. And my grandfather was the type of person that would tell it like it is, straight to the point. And he typically wouldn't sugarcoat it very much at all. And listeners loved him for that. I loved him for that. Uh, you know, he was my, my mentor, my, my shining light, my support as, you know, a young man growing up, gave me direction, gave me advice when I needed it. And he was, he was everything to me. He really was. And he taught me so many lessons that, you know, I still impart on the show today, each and every day. So many sayings, like you don't know what you don't know. From your lips to God's ears, he used to always say. And, you know, it's my job to keep Invest Talk going and fulfilling the mission that he set out, which was to educate people. And he put them in their place, right? Uh, when he would tell people that their idea was stupid, straight up. I'm not as straightforward as that, unfortunately, but that's the way he was. And sometimes that's important. And his message was important 
to myself, to our listeners. Uh, and he laid the foundation for this. And so, like I said, I know a lot of you are new listeners to Invest Talk. You've may have only found us this year. And the actual podcast has only has started publishing in 2008. So the podcast has only been around about 12 years. But the show, as a radio show, has been around for nearly 30. And it's all thanks to him. You know, it's been a tough year for all. Um, I don't know how many of you heard me when Kobe passed away in January, you know, to start the year. And, you know, I come to you with, uh, with more sorrow, but also hope for the future and an appreciation for what he brought to myself as well as so many. Literally, today I still get calls asking about how he is from clients, from listeners. They used to listen to him and love him. And so I just want to dedicate this show today to him and bring his energy. And maybe, uh, maybe some, somebody will come, up, come to me with an idea that I really don't like and then maybe I'll be a little more forward than I usually am. But I dedicate this show to him, Gerald Klein, our founder. Now I'm Justin Klein, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your investment questions. My goal is to give you those unbiased answers. Be straight up, straightforward, and that's why we're going to go straight to Florida and talk to Jason, who wants to talk, I believe, about Bitcoin. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Good. I just want to let you know that your message was absolutely beautiful. I've been listening to your podcast for about five years since I was a college student in Orlando. And I just want to let you know that your show has shaped me into the man that I have become and I ultimately want to become one day. And the fact that your grandfather was a part of that is absolutely beautiful. And I want to thank you guys for everything that you do for us. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. My pleasure. Um, I, I just wanted to talk to you about something. I heard you say about a month or two ago that you actually invested yourself in GBTC, which is a Bitcoin grayscale mm-hmm. investment trust. Yep. Um, your program actually touts against buying funds that have high loads mm-hmm. and high fees and tracking errors, yep. although GBTC has all of those compared to the actual price of Bitcoin. I believe it has about a 15 to 20% premium as it tries to track about a thousandth of a Bitcoin. So I was curious why you yourself, maybe it was tax purposes or ease of transaction, why you would buy GBTC rather than actual Bitcoin itself. Well, uh, it does not have tracking here. Tracking here is for leverage ETFs. But you're right, it does uh, trade uh, oftentimes at a premium to NAV, right? Net asset value. And... Uh, you know, sometimes there are reasons for that, for the premium or a discount. Uh, and, and I see the, the reason why it's trading at a premium. One, it's, it's you know, ease of use. Uh, it's, easy, it's easy to set up a brokerage account and purchase Bitcoin, and there's that premium involved in that. Um, and 
there's also the ability to hold it within you know a tax deferred account you know that's what i have it in uh 401k ira for example uh and so i think it's going to fluctuate between a premium and a discount uh and you know i i bought it much closer to uh it was still a premium but it was a much smaller premium uh back when i bought it and so that's that's really why i you know i i own it in, in that capacity uh i think it'll generally trade at a premium for a long period of time uh simply because of that liquidity uh, and ease of use uh and so yeah the fees are are a little high but you're paying for for that ease of use now uh like i said before if you want to buy a lot of it right if you're putting uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars for example into bitcoin then you're you're obviously not going to want to pay that fee but if it's a small dollar amount uh a small percentage of your overall assets uh, I think paying that fee is not a big deal, especially if you can put it in some sort of tax-deferred uh, vehicle. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with owning it directly either. Okay. I just I just wanted to clarify, see if there was maybe something I was missing, or maybe it no. was just because of that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some disadvantages. I certainly uh, recognize those and, and agree with those. Uh, it's just a matter of preference, you know. Or do you want to go through uh, the f- holding Bitcoin in a Bitcoin wallet, uh, the security of that, the uh, you know potentially forgetting your password or your code? You know, they say about a third, quarter, a third uh, of Bitcoins have been lost forever because people forgot their password or mm-hmm. lost it or lost their their th- their hard drive or whatever. Um, and you know, that's really somewhat of a risk. Uh, but if in a lot of people, you have to really go through some steps to make sure your holding of Bitcoin is secure. All right. So thanks for the call, Jason. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the calendar does not lie. Winter is approaching. December 21st, one week away, will be winter as well as the holiday season kicking into high gear and. Will you be prepared for all the changes that are coming in the new year? So the task of building a a strong financial future must continue, and the goal requires information and effective strategies, and that's what I'm here to help you with. So I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. You can get your free InvestTalk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. The Anytime Listener lines never close. Steve and Justin are waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 8992-4278. My focus point today concerns the story that... TransUnion says consumers can expect a spike in lending and greater access to credit coming in the first half of next year. So I'm going to unpack what they're saying, what they're expecting for consumer credit availability in the new year, which could matter to you on an individual level, uh, but is more important from on a wider perspective when it comes to the economy. If uh, consumers are able to borrow, typically they're able and willing to spend. So we're going to touch on that. Also, this was this is Fed Week. Tomorrow kicks off the first day of Fed policy meeting, and they will make their announcement on Wednesday. But we're going to unpack that, what that might mean for markets, what markets might be expecting, and what could 
result in a positive surprise for markets as well as potentially negative. Also, let's get to we're closing the year. And real estate is, you know, an interesting time right now with boom, but also overhang of potential foreclosures, which we're going to touch on. But mainly we're going to touch on tax strategies. So it's always important at the end of the year and how real estate has some tax advantages uh, if you do it right. And then lastly, some comments from Mohamed El Arian, who is the former head of PIMCO, the largest bond manager in the world and I always I love his commentary about markets I think he's uh, uh, one of the best out there and we're going to unpack some of the few things that he said as well now we can squeeze in another caller question if we move fast and this came in earlier at 888 chart hi guys I appreciate the show and thanks for taking my call I was hoping I could get your uh, advice on uh, Mercado Libre M-E-L-I I just wanted what you guys thought about it and uh, what you thought would be a good entry point to it. Thanks again. Have a good day. All right. This is uh, Mercado Libre. This is a company based in, where are they? I believe, I know that it's uh, it's Latin America. I just don't remember. Let's see. Let me pull up my charts here. Sorry about that. Sometimes computers act a little funky sometimes. Um, now, this, is a, this has been on a rocket ship really since uh, the bottom in March it's up whew, from $488 a share to $1618 a share uh, today so uh, this is you're, you're certainly trying to catch some momentum but with uh, a massive boom in its valuation you're talking about enterprise value to revenues 23 remember I've talked about this before what, a week ago, two weeks ago, about what happens when you hit that level of enterprise value to revenue at 20 times, 10 times is expensive, 20 times is absurd. Uh, so I think you've, you've missed the, you missed the train here, to be honest with you. Uh, probably a company, it's a good company, but the valuation has just ran far ahead of fundamentals. So I would pass on it for now. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, that the need to remain vigilant never ends. And we know the strong crosswinds that we're going to unpack for you in this show. So we're taking your calls live at 888 chart Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Now, a focus point today concerns the story that TransUnion says consumers should expect a higher ability to borrow in the first half of 2020. And even though there was a dramatic slowdown in lending in the second quarter of this year, it's expected to rebound through the second quarter of next year, according to TransUnion. And credit card and personal loan volumes are expected to rise at the fastest rate. So while before lenders... We're tightening their standards, right? Raising their 
minimum requirements for credit scores and income and uh, job security, et cetera, they're starting to loosen that, which is good for the overall economy. And TransUnion expects lending to be at pre-pandemic levels in the first half of next year. So that's a lot of the reason why the, the market is higher is that expectation that lenders are going to keep the economy moving. Right? That was a big reason why you saw 2008, there was a contraction in lending. Uh, banks stopped giving out mortgages because they were scared of prices and, and, and the, the default environment. And what this is showing is that these lenders are more confident in lending to the consumers because they see the economy reopening and they expect more job gains, increase in wages that is already continuing. And that will make an impact on how consumers are able to manage their debt next year. Now, it's still kind of a K-shaped recovery, right? If you don't have a job, if you were laid off because of the pandemic, you're struggling more. Even though you have a little bit of government help, it's those that still have a job or own a business, right, that got PPP money, not loans. Most vast majority of those were just straight-up grants to people and businesses, and so you still have this kind of K-shaped recovery going on. Now, how can you tell if this is going to continue? Well, one is the equity markets, right? If equity markets stay elevated, uh, that means that lenders are giving away money, right? At very low rates. And a good indication of whether that's continuing is if you see continuing loan off offers. I get those all the time in the mail, you know. Here, you can borrow at this rate. I'm, there's no doc loans coming back. I'm getting those offers. It's pretty crazy. So when you see that, you know that lending is pretty loose. And that's positive for the markets near term. Near term. Let's go to Danny in Hawaii. Let's talk about the market. Hey, how's it going, Justin? Going all right. Uh, what's your question? Um, I'm going up about um, what's going on with SPACs in the market at the moment. So mm -hmm. I kind of understand that, probably not on top of your list, but from what I understand, these SPACs have a net asset value set at a certain price. Now, if you get in at that net asset value, there's pretty minimal downside risk. Let's say 5 to 8% the market was to decline. What would you say um, are the cons to taking your – savings account money and parking it in a stack rather than earning the very minimal interest you earn in a savings account and just waiting for a 10 to 20% pop and then to sell and get out and re-enter a new one at NAV. Well, well, you know, in this environment, uh, SPACs aren't new. They're just a new name to an old vehicle. It's just really re a, re a reverse merger. Uh, you used to see this all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I live in Orange County and um, you know, there's call it, I call it Orange County Finance. There's some, you know, there's 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 always charlatans everywhere. But you know, it's I, I've I've gotten these pitches before of small companies and doing this reverse merger, and they're public companies, and they go buy, they, they 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 partner with a private company, 
And then that private company can go public without having to go through the IPO process because they merge. And that's basically what this is, what's happening here. But those SPACs, these SPACs are now new. Most of the time before, these were old shell companies that didn't have any assets really. And the private company needed the, the, uh, the public company needed the private company more than vice versa. Now, because money is so readily available and so cheap, what you're doing is you're, these companies, these SPACs are going public with the hope to buy another company. Now, they're not a sure thing, right? What if they overpay for that, that acquired company? Okay. And the market disagrees and says, yeah, you might have spent $3 billion on that company, but we only think it's worth two. Right now, that's not happening. Um, but don't think that this is, this is extremely high risk, Right. Uh, the, these 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 buyouts of these private companies uh, right now the the valuations are so crazy and wild that the market is valuing them at just ridiculous multiples uh, and ma mainly based on the story complete story right this is a narrative driven market it's not a fundamental driven market and so this is extremely high risk. We will look back at this five, ten years from now and think this is crazy, um, but understand that this is extremely risky if you're going to invest in these SPACs because that narrative could die any, any time. Now, the next invest talk, th this story. The Federal Trade Commission has told Amazon, Facebook, and others to be prepared to explain how they collect and use personal data. Steve will unpack that tomorrow, but for now, give me a call at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information 
beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm looking to get into 5G in some way. I've been watching Qualcomm and it continues to go up. Just wondering if this is a good place to invest or if it might be too late in its run. Thanks for the advice. I definitely think it's too late in the run. Uh, I like Qualcomm. Uh, they, they won a big patent dispute uh, earlier this year. Uh, that was certainly a big positive. And uh, they have a lot of great uh, 5G uh, technologies. I like the, what you're looking at with uh, the companies that make, that, that have the intellectual IP to make uh, 5G run uh, in the infrastructure. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Qualcomm, just, just not at these prices. I think it's a little expensive. You know, my value is somewhere around the $90 level, not the $146 level it is now. So let's go to Justin in San Francisco. He wants to talk about DITW, which is, let's see, what is that? Can you uh, clarify that, that ticker? So, hi, Justin. Sorry. It's, it's actually B as in boy, ITW. Got it. It's, it's actually a brand new Bitwise. Uh, it's the, it's a, basically a basket of the top 10 crypto um, okay. in a fund. It's one of those OTC kind of funds, I believe, just kind of like GBTC. Um, so it's really new. Um, so obviously there's not a lot of research and a lot of mm-hmm. trends to go on. Um, you know, it doesn't really have a chart. Um, but, you know, as far as my research goes and what I've looked into from a lot of other people, um, I don't know if you've heard how crypto seems to go on like a three or four year cycle. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of debate and stuff about that. Um, but I guess my question is, because this is so new um, and because it's pretty revolutionary um, as far as like this kind of fund, um, I was wondering how you would approach this going forward, um, because you can't really make a whole lot after the first few days, obviously. Um, but uh, if crypto takes off, you know, and if it is cyclical, then do you think this could be a good play, um, either short term or long term? Uh it's a good question. You know, these are complex answers uh, with, you know, you're talking about 10, you know, I'm assuming it's Ethereum and Bitcoin and um, I don't even know the rest, but <laughs> those yeah. are the two that, I, that come to mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- I'll, I'll give you kind of my general thesis on crypto. I think crypto has a place. It is a new asset. Uh, it comes with many risks it's going to be extremely volatile you know anything that's not backed by government 
uh, is going to have extreme volatility, right? If you can't pay taxes in it, if you can't settle debts in it, then the demand for it uh, is, in a lot of ways, speculative. Now, do I think it's important to have some exposure for everybody? Yes. The question is, do you need the top 10? Is Bitcoin enough? Um, longer term, there's going to be a, needed a lot of regulation. There likely will be. Right? The government's not going to sit idly by and let these exist in the ether and have millions of people involved with them without their say, uh, without government or consumer protection. Uh, and I think this is a 20, 30, 40 year evolution that's going to take place with, with crypto. Uh, and likely governments are going to get involved with their own version of it. You know, China's even talking about it uh, themselves, uh, which could put Bitcoin or all these basically out of business, right? Um, so to me, it's just another way to gain access to the space, a more diversified way than just investing in Bitcoin itself or GBTC. Uh, so I know for me, I don't really need that. I think if it's going to win out, it's probably going to be Bitcoin. Um, I understand the, there are other use cases for the other ones. Um, and I think there will be demand for them. Uh, so, you know, I don't hate it, but for me, I'd rather just uh, stick with, with Bitcoin. Uh, how to buy these things? Buy them when sentiment's not good, right? Sentiment's good right now. And you're right, longer term, there will be, uh, they will go through many years where things are good and many years where things are bad, just like most currencies. And so uh, just, I think those swings are going to be larger, much larger than your average uh, currency, normal currency, right? So uh, having a little bit, not bad idea for me. I just think it's, uh, it's, it's Bitcoin and don't chase, right? When the sentiment's good, that's not when you want to, when these things are coming out, that's typically not a good time to be buying it. In the next few years, there'll be an ebb, right? Things are flowing right now. And if you believe in it, if you believe in crypto, the ebb, right, when it goes down 30%, 40%, shouldn't bother you. For most people, it does. Most people scares them off. But you have to go back to your thesis. And if your thesis is still intact, then you buy those dips. But you don't chase new issues like this. Thanks for the call, Justin. 88899 chart, 88992. 4278. Speaking of currencies, let's touch on the Fed meeting. This is Fed week. And tomorrow, December 15th, the first Fed meeting will start and it will commence on Wednesday. And this is important, not only for your typical monetary policy reasons, but it's also a one of the final tradable events for the year. Now what Fed Chair Jerome Powell and other central bankers set the table for next year will have a 
big impact on markets, potentially on economies, but more on markets, I say. We started this month of September, or December, excuse me, pretty choppy, kind of weak. And a lot of this has to do with unemployment numbers coming out that were weaker than expected. Lack of progress on a fiscal stimulus package, potential no Brexit deal. And this is an important meeting for the Fed to clarify its QE plans. Maybe adjust the QE amount and what they're buying to potentially bolster markets. Currently, the Fed is buying $120 billion a month in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. That's kept mortgage rates down. It's kept treasury rates from really breaking out, right? Because inflation expectations are rising. And so the softness in the economy could give them a case to act in some way. Right. New applications for unemployment insurance jumped from 137,000 to 853,000 in the week ending December 5th. So the economy is showing some signs of weakness because of the shutdowns and gridlock in Washington. Right? Very little financial aid. And there's also things like mortgage foreclosure moratoriums and evictions moratoriums student loan repayments, that's all set to expire at the end of this year. So how that fiscal package comes out will be very important to how markets react, right? Because if people have to pay their mortgage again, right, have to pay their rents again, have to pay their student loans again, that's going to take money out of their pockets that they cannot spend out in the economy. And that has been a big factor. I think people are underestimating that. If you don't have to pay those big bills frees up a lot to do a lot of other things. Now, the, the ECB expanded its asset buying program last week, so that's important. And the big question is, will they hint on something called yield curve control, right? Their big worry is that yields are going to break out, right? Mortgage rates will rise. The cost of money will rise in the economy. Maybe stock markets will fall multiple contraction. And that is the big news event that I think would really push markets higher or at least keep them elevated. And if they don't, right, they say everything's kind of fine, and we're not going to do yield curve control, we're going to allow rates to rise, that could be a catalyst for a larger pullback. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we have posted over at investtalk.com. You can learn more about our different investment strategies. For example, Equity Income Plus. This is dividend investing with a boost. What we do is we hold dividend-paying stocks, and then we add an extra boost of income by writing cover calls on those positions. And if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you want to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California, and you can learn more right now at investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial 
and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial Practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. It's Robert over in California. Uh, I had a question about Grow Generation Corp. It's a pot stock. I was picking it up at 14, and it's since skyrocketed up to the high 30s, and now it's uh, kind of settling in the mid-30s. I want to know your opinion on this stock. I'll listen for your uh, answer on the show. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. Grow Generation Corp owns and operates specialty retail hydroponic and organic gardening stores. Firm is a market distributor of nutrients, growing media, advanced indoor and greenhouse lighting, ventilation systems, etc. $1.6 billion valuation. This is a company that's taken off. Uh, it's 52-week low is $2.62. Now it's at $32.79. little off its 52-week high. And let me look at the chart here. Yeah, it looks like it's definitely weakening. Weakening. The MACD is certainly rolled over. It's consolidating right at its 50-day move. Sorry, 20-day moving average. I think it's definitely extended. It looks ready to break lower, probably back to its breakout area somewhere around uh, the low 20s, 22 or so. Now it's at 32. That area, I might get a little more interested. At 39 cents expected earnings next year, earnings up 144% over this year's earnings which was supposed to be $0.16 cents, uh, as we close the year. So it's growing rapidly. And based on that forward, you know, if you look at that forward earnings and you give a 22 price target, 40, 50 PE, I could see that. It, it, that's reasonable, to be honest with you. I don't know really enough about the business, but I like their, their growth. I love their growth. Technically, though, it's looking weak. Uh, it's going to be very volatile. I like this on the watch list. Uh, certainly it's one thing I like is it's based in Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for pot stocks, a lot of people focus on those that are growing the weed. So what it is, it's a weed, right? But guess what? It's fairly easy to grow. And if you look as Canada, as an example, when they legalized it, the price per pound dropped significantly because it came, became widely available. It was very, it's very easy to grow. The, the supply increased dramatically. What I, ra- what I like better are companies that like this, that supply the picks and shovels. We own one that, that owns uh, grow facilities and rents them to those that are growing. They don't do it themselves, but they rent the, the facilities. So we like that. So I like what you're looking at here. Uh, technically, definitely needs a, a pullback. Like I said, hopefully into that low 20 range. That would be an area that would be interesting to me. $19, $20, I think it's a buy right there. So um, I would add it to your watch list, but be patient and look for pullbacks. Thanks for the call. Now let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question that came in earlier at 888 chart. Hey, Steven Justin, this is Andrew from Ohio. Thanks so much for all the daily tips. 
I'm interested in two IPOs, DoorDash and Airbnb. They're both set to come out here in the next two weeks. Just kind of want your thoughts on both of them. I'm more bullish on Airbnb, but if you can give thoughts for both, that'd be great. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. I'm definitely, I definitely agree with you that I'm more bullish on Airbnb longer term as a company. Uh, you know, it's difficult because the valuations right now are just absurd, <laughs> to be frank. Uh, and both are coming down dramatically from their IPO high price, right? Uh, I, Airbnb on, what was that, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. It's high was about $165 a share. Now we're at 130 uh, And it's been acting pretty weak since. Uh, DoorDash, same kind of thing. Uh, these, these valuations are just extremely high. And so both would be, actually, I wouldn't say DoorDash. I think the competition there uh, is too great. The barrier to entry is too great. Uh, I'd rather do Airbnb, but it needs to become much cheaper than it is for me to own it over the long term. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Rory in New Meadows, Idaho. I am wondering about Midas Gold, M-A-X dot T-O. I know that they are a Canadian company that are thinking about moving to Boise, Idaho, and they are trying to put through a major gold project here in Idaho, but they're meeting a lot of resistance. I'm just wondering what you think about them. Let us know. Thanks. All right, he's looking at Midas Gold, and he's correct. It is a, it is a Canadian, British Columbia, actually. Uh, company and they have one core main project. It's the Stibnit Gold Project located in Valley County, Idaho. Maybe it's near you. Uh, maybe it's uh, my cousin actually lives in Star, Idaho. So um, I know a little bit about uh, that state. But this is a gold exploration company, right? You're looking at one mine and you say they're trying to put it through. Uh, and this is an example of the type of very speculative gold play. And if it hits, right, if they get that uh, mine put through and it actually starts producing large amounts of gold, then it could be a huge hit. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with holding a small percentage of your portfolio in, in these names that uh, could potentially hit really, really big. Right, Kirkland Lake is a good example of one that used to be uh, just... A nothing, uh, and they hit it big, and they, now they're a, lar a lar you know one of the largest miners in the world. So it can happen. Uh, I'd have to really do my background work on this mine to see if it's actually going to go through. What are the odds are? No one's going to know 100%, but what are the odds? Uh, now what I can say is the chart has had a nice pullback from about 150 or so, dollar 50. Now we're at 91 cents. Uh, pullback with the overall gold market. Uh, so. Small percentage. The chart looks pretty decent. Uh, 
but and I like that it's in the U.S. Right? That their ex, that their their mind, even though it's one, is here in the U.S. and not worried about foreign crazy jurisdictions like in South America or something. So, you know, there's some positives, definitely some negatives, certainly high risk, uh, but a small, small, small position. Uh, it's not a terrible idea if you do a little background work. Now let's go to our final talking point. Let's talk a little bit about real estate and taxes. And, uh, you know, once you've secured that, that dream real estate investment, there's a lot that comes after that. You have to manage it. So you have to uh, potentially uh, improve it some way, fix problems that come up. And then there's the tax strategy behind that so that your profits stay with you and go with Uncle Sam a lot less. And there are some simple ways to improve your tax position. There's also complex ways. A lot of accountants love real estate. You can appreciate the asset. There's a lot of ways to push uh, costs through those particular uh, things like LLCs, right? And so they love real estate in that way. And there's some cash, cash flow advantages to take, if you take advantage of some of these, these tax uh, loopholes, shall we say. Now, some might close, I will say, under Biden. One is, you know, Earned income is taxed at your highest rate, but passive income coming from a REIT, a rental property, dividends, etc., that money is taxed at either 0, 15, or 20%. If it's long-term capital gains or dividends, right? And you can collect that rent through an LLC. That's a big way to protect those, those taxes or protect those gains, excuse me. Uh, but also use a 1031 exchange, and that's the next thing rolling those gains on a property into that next property or multiple properties. You can do that as well, but you have to acquire that property within 180 days of selling the original one. Now, if you sell, you, so you can sell a single home and roll it into a multifamily rental, a condo, combination of commercial property, etc. And they sound complex, but there are some qualified intermediators that are good. That are intermediaries, there we go, that are very good uh, and make it very easy and affordable. Uh, so when you're looking at real estate, you have to understand those tax loopholes and take advantage, but also be in the eye of potential changes. And I definitely could see that coming down the pipeline. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return on Thursday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts as free downloads over at investtalk.com as well as iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. 
Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 